today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Cash and Carry Kitchens. At the heart of Irish homes for over 40 years. Cashandcarrykitchens.ie Email todaycb at rte.ie on the 22nd of December, the Arrivals Lounge at Dublin Airport was full of families and friends waiting to greet their loved ones as they came in from flights across the world. But for one 70-year-old visitor waiting patiently in her red coat at the Arrivals Lounge, she had a really special reason to be there. And Evelyn O'Rourke has tracked that woman down, Claire Mullen, to hear her remarkable story. So, Evelyn, we're going to hear this story now. We're going to start right at the beginning. Claire was adopted in Dublin at a really young age then 70 years later she was at the airport that day to meet the brother she had never met before Yes I love the story I love the story I spotted a video that was on the Dublin airport Facebook page where they talk to people about why are you here right and they feature different stories and I was really struck by this woman Claire and we were laughing at the red coat and we'll talk about that later but she told the team there that the reason that she was at Dublin airport that day was to meet her brother for the very first time he's called Michael or indeed Mac as she calls him so here to start Claire is a little video of the um, the video that Claire did at the airport arrivals area on 22nd of December. So this is her talking in the arrivals, the original video that I saw before she meets her brother Mac. My name is Claire. I'm from Rush and I'm here to meet my birth brother whom I have never met. I only contacted him by chance this year and he is based in New Zealand but flying from Dubai this evening to see me. I was adopted as a baby, as a few months old. Mac was born in Ireland but taken away by our birth mother. He's four years younger than me and we've been in contact on the phone ever since. But we've never actually met. He said, how will I know you? He said, I'll have an All Blacks t-shirt and a cap. <laughs> Just can't believe it's happening. Excited, nervous, emotional. At 70 years of age, I just can't believe it. <laughs> Lots of laughing. So he's flying in from New Zealand and on the video you see the emotional reunion and then Max spoke to them about his joy really being back in Ireland, meeting his big sister Claire for the very first time. So I followed up after that interview. I went to visit Claire at her lovely family home and rushed to hear all about it. So here you're going to hear the next part of that video, right, which is Max standing there, Claire teasing him as only siblings can and then Claire talking to me at the kitchen table about her story. Uh, tired, <laughs> elated. Very, very happy. Yeah, I'm shaking at the moment. I just don't know what to say, really. It's been a long few months, eh? Yeah. I feel I've known him all my life. Two minutes. Yeah. Mind you, we have been talking a lot. I've been listening a lot. (laughs) I'm your bigger sister, just remember that, okay? (laughs) So, Claire, we're sitting here at your table and you have piles of papers, right? These are all the documents that tell the story of your life. You always knew you were adopted, or did you? Oh, I did, from the time I came here. So we're in the house that you grew up in. There's a photograph of the day I came out. Some of the the dates are mixed up here because... But you were roughly what age when you were adopted? 15 months, I think. So what happened between when you were born and the 15 months? My birth father's mother took me to look after me and then it turned out that she couldn't look after me anymore so I went to a foster home. They were called nurses in Cabra. And from Cabra, I was taken to St Bridget's Orphanage on Eccles Street and from Eccles Street, I was brought out here. Wow. 
And the family connection then and the search that Claire and her siblings have been working on, this all started, as so many of these stories do now these days, with Mm -hmm. a DNA test, a regular DNA test for a family tree service. Yeah, I mean, you hear about it more and more that people are getting their DNA tested, you know, with these ancestry and heritage sites. And it's throwing up some fascinating results. So in Claire's case, she'd grown up in a really loving family home there in Rush, the home where she lives with her wonderful family today. She's been married to the lovely Bob, who was potting around in the background there for decades, Lovely, gorgeous family, three beautiful grandchildren, Annabelle, Connor and Anna. But she said she always knew she was adopted. But then one of her cousins encouraged her recently to take one of these DNA tests. And she came back as a match with a woman called Bernadette in England, right? She contacted Bernadette, who had amazing news for her. They were sisters, but not only that, she told Claire that they had a brother. Claire's natural mother had died, I think, around 1988. So the secrets have gone to the grave with her. But here, Claire picks up more of that story. In recent years, my cousin Suzanne, it was her who got me to do it. I did um, a DNA test. We sent off with them and did the thing and they went off to America. So when the results came back from that, it came up back that I had a half-sister called Bernadette. So I contacted her and she told me that she had found a brother. She always knew she had a brother, a brother called Michael. Now, as it turned out, that was last October, 12 months. But the summer before that, they both met up with all our Kerry family. I always knew my mother was from Kerry, but he was known about by the family because he stayed with our birth mother until he was 16. So she gave me up first. Yes. Then Mac, Michael, was born four years after me. Then she had Bernadette and gave Bernadette straight up for adoption. So the two girls were given up for adoption. The two girls were given up and Michael stayed with her until he was 16. So he joined the British Army and he ended up getting married to an English girl and moving to New Zealand. Bernadette knew that she was adopted and she'd always known she had a brother, but she didn't know about you. No, nobody knew about me. Nobody at all. You're sitting here today and you've got a folder full of paperwork here. Hold on one second. So on the 14th of August, 10 days after I was born, I was called Claire McCarthy. And I have my birth father's address because apparently my birth father's mum took me back to her house to look after me for a while before I was put into foster care. So when you got in touch with Bernadette, this was new for her? Yes, yeah. So then you met him. And this yeah. was when you were in Dublin Airport at Christmas. Yes. And you were standing there in your red coat, which has become very famous. <laughs> Talk us through that moment. It was brilliant. Well, I had been speaking to him on the phone before that, and we got on absolutely fantastically. Just felt like I'd always known him. And he was the same. We just clicked straight away. We have the same personality, same way of going on. Talk crap. And <laughs> just... just was it just easy? Because I saw the video easy. of the hug. Like, the hug is beautiful. Very easy. He was more emotional than I was. Well, obviously, he travelled from Dubai that day. But no, we had a lovely few days together and we keep in touch and hopefully that'll last. And he's talking about coming back to Ireland to retire in the next 12 to 18 months. And he'd be with his family then. So to recap on all of that, Claire's mother gave birth to her, gave her up for adoption. And now these three siblings have found each other. Yes, and discovered a whole other family as well. Family cousins in Kerry, who they say have been wonderful, welcomed them all with open arms. It's been a really positive experience for them. But I think the reason that this story was so interesting too and really struck me is that Claire was one of the kind of first adopted people I've kind of seen in action who gained information through the new Birth Information and Tracing Act 2022. Now, obviously, you've covered this on the show so much, but as we know, it came into force over 
a year ago it gives adopted people the right to access records. So once Claire had started doing her digging, she had contacted the Adoption Authority of Ireland to get her file. Now that's when she did hit a barrier. It took months and we'll come back to that in a minute. But first I wanted to find about, out a bit more about the situation for adopted people since the Act has come in. As we hear that people are and were having a difficult time maybe gaining access to their files with both Tusla and the Adoption Authority of Ireland managing them. And advocates in this field, they're growing increasingly frustrated. They say they say that people are getting in touch with them, saying that there are delays and that there are ongoing gaps in information. So Susan Lowen is the co-founder of the Adoption Rights Alliance, along with her colleague, Dr. Claire McGettrick, born Lorraine Hughes. And Susan Lowen told me more about the experiences people are having and telling her about and gaps in some of the records. Clearly, you know, birth certificate is all important. But what most people might not realise is that it doesn't include the father's, a natural father's name. Uh, it might not include your natural mother's address, the, the place where you were conceived, where your family so do you members think live. Sometimes applicants are expecting X, and when Y comes, that adds to all this? Most definitely, because as Claire McGettrick has you know, expressed this so well, most of us adopted people do not realise why we are the people we are today. So in Claire's expression, she said, why is she Claire McGettrick? Why is she not Katrina Palmer, another well-known adopted person? We have no idea the selection process, if, if there were a process per se, that went on. Why were particular adoptive parents chosen why did I end up in Dublin why did I not end up in Cork and so forth why if my natural mother had other children why were they not placed with me why was I not placed with them these are really fundamental questions which would uncover a lot of the you know the very negative things like social engineering basically that happened to children born out of marriage you know for decades and the state has been warned for at least two decades and I can I can say that with hand on heart because Adoption Rights Alliance have been telling them that there's a pent-up demand for this information. They are well aware of it. They used to report this fact in the annual report of the Adoption Authority of Ireland. So we see it every day on the comments in our Facebook groups, you know, in our emails, that people say, look, we parked our cynicism and once again we are disappointed. So that's Susan Lowen. Now we're going back to Rush, to Claire's home, and she told you that she had difficulties accessing her records from the Adoption Authority of Ireland back in 2022. So how, Evelyn, did she manage to get them in the end? Well, as you've gathered by now, she's a determined woman, right? So she says that she haunted them, Claire. Originally, she was told it would be a quick process, but the delays in getting her file did drag on for weeks and then months. She said she eventually contacted them and said that she was turning 70 and was afraid she was going to die before getting answers. Now, at this stage, I have to say, all these months, on. Uh, that process is moving much more quickly for the Adoption Authority of Ireland. I'll have more detail about that in a minute. But going back to Claire, she sat at the table going through the file and it's so moving. I mean, over the years, Claire's had four different surnames. You know, the file has many documents, like there's references that her parents got from people when they were applying to adopt. And you see it all there. Reports of the condition of the house in Rush that, you know, they, they might place somebody in. So intimate little snapshots of her life. So, so here Claire shows me the file and talks about the relief of getting answers, starting with how she first contacted the Adoption Authority of Ireland? Well, I got onto the AAI. I filled in the paperwork, gave all my dates. That was October 2022. Yep. So they sent me back another letter just to say that they'd have a look up and they would post them out to me in the next three or four weeks. So that went on from October, November, December, January, February. So I rang them a couple of times. Oh, we're, we have a backlog and it's going to be a long time. So 
Eventually, in March or April, I rang the one day and I said, I am going to be 70 in August. And at this stage, I could be dead before I get my information. So the next morning it arrived in the post. So that's what you said to them? I did. I said, yeah. Like, what's, what's the problem? Oh, um, oh, I'll see what I can do. I can see, see if I can fast track that for you. So it came the next day. Initially, we were told it would be three, four weeks. So it turned out to be nearly six months, yeah. which is too long when you're waiting for some information like that. But I would certainly say to people, go for it. What, the questions that were there, just answers now? Or what peace does it bring you? Well, I never had questions, really. I was very happy and, and, you know, it didn't bother me. But now that I've done it, I'm over the moon. I'm just so happy to have met such a fabulous family. You know, Lawlers and... They're stuck with you now, is what you're saying. They are, unfortunately (laughs) for them. The other thing that comes across to me reading your paperwork is how lovely the reports were about your adopted home. That must have been lovely to read that, what they were offering you as such a small baby. Oh, yeah. Obviously, they couldn't have children themselves. So I was always told that I was chosen. Yeah, they went in and they picked me out of the cot. Tell me about your names, because you have a lot of surnames. I have. (laughs) (laughs) Which I only found out. uh, Born as Claire Lawler, baptised as Claire McCarthy, adopted as Claire Coleman and married as Claire Mullen. (laughs) So I can go under any name, can't I? And your family here were delighted to support you. They were over the moon, Niall and Sinead, absolutely over the moon. And, And even all my cousins. Everybody, everybody I said it to. So... Hopefully other people will get as much joy out of finding their birth family as I did. And as I hope will continue. It's such a a great story and a fascinating one. You've been in touch with the Adoption Authority of Ireland, Evelyn, about the delays in the service. So what do they have to say? Yeah, I was in touch with both the Adoption Authority of Ireland, the AI and Toothless. They both handled the the files. So in the case of the AAI, which is the agency Claire Mullen used, it says that they were extremely busy in that first year of the Act. But now it says the average waiting time for information is 15 to 20 working days. They say so far they've processed over 4,000 applications with 46 currently outstanding and they've added that they are satisfied that they have sufficient resources at the moment. Moving to Tusla under the law, the agencies are required now Claire, to process, uh, process applications in 30 days, 90 days for complex cases. So we asked them, is there a backlog at present and what their application processing time frame is? They just got back to us to say that as of the 19th of February at one o'clock, it, they've received, or it has received a total of 7,406 applications for birth information and 5,934 for tracing uh, since the Act was introduced in October 22. And regarding information applications, 6,788 have been processed and completed out of that 7,406. And they also say they use the phrase application rather than persons or people in the data because they receive a number of duplicate applications sometimes. And there are currently 458 information applications received between May and August that have not been processed within that statutory timeline. So that has resulted in a delay of around 10 months being the longest a person has had to wait. And it is anticipated by TUSLA that 450 50 applications will be processed by early April 2024. All right, well, that's what the Adoption Authority of Ireland and Tusla have to say. Evelyn, thank you very much for bringing us that story and thank you to Claire as well for sharing her story with us. Now, coming up next, should Irish be made optional after the junior cert? We'll discuss. Text 51551. Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1.